Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. We're back with another bonus episode for you. Uh, this time, we're doing our franchise focus for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, of course, formerly the New Jersey Nets, and before that, the New York Nets, uh, dating back to their ABA days. This is a unique chance. This is our first team that has ABA ties, first of four in the current NBA that have ABA uh, roots. There are some teams that have worn throwbacks to ABA franchises that actually are not related to the same franchise. They don't have ties, but there's there's four teams that were in the ABA that are now NBA franchises. Of course, the Nets, the excuse me, Denver Nuggets, the Indiana Pacers, and then the San Antonio Spurs all started in the ABA. Uh, I personally am a big ABA fan, and so it's kind of a unique challenge. Uh, not. I don't know about challenge, but a unique opportunity to, to talk about some of these teams a little more in depth. And I think what we'll do, uh, what I'd like to do, I want each of my historic teams for these four teams to be from the ABA. Um, just because that's kind of what I, well, maybe I shouldn't say that because there's, that limits us as far as, you know, the greatness of these teams, all four of those teams had a great ABA runs. And so, I'm not going to limit myself like that, but don't be surprised if there's more than one that are ABA teams. So uh, that being said, uh, that out of the way, we've kind of workshopped that together. Let's go ahead and jump to uh, the current franchise direction. And, um, you know, this is defined by uh, a, a world of possibilities. We could phrase it that way. The beginning of you know, the 2018-2019 season, they had kind of made a – they had grown a little bit with some some younger players, and they had some promise with that 2019 squad. That was D'Angelo Russell, the D'Angelo Russell-led group, Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the bench, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris. Joe Harris had really emerged that season as a three-point bomber. Uh, Jarrett Allen came into his own as a, a defensive presence inside. They had – um kind of some roster turnover and they figured things out during the season, but by the playoffs, they had an interesting mix. There was potential for this group going forward. And then in the 2019 off season, that was all kind of thrown out the window when they had the chance to bring in both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And that shaped the last several years of the, the Brooklyn Nets history, the last three and, you know, this season included three and a half ish seasons, which includes Durant, Kyrie Irving and parts of it, James Harden, Ben Simmons as well, the, you know, super team that was supposed to be a contending squad. They never made it past the conference semifinals. All of those players, you know, Ben Simmons is the last remaining player from that, you know, big name trying to bring in the talent group. And that leaves us with the current net squad, which will finish the season likely with a decent record because of the exceptional record they had prior to that. The current roster, they've got, of course, um, <clears throat> Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson, the two pieces, the two biggest pieces from the uh, Kevin Durant trade. They have Ben Simmons, who's still very young. He's, what, 20? He's 26. Um, <clears throat> they have Ben Simmons. They have Patty Mills, who's an aging, solid, productive player. Cam Thomas, a very young um, <clears throat> guard. Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, Royce O'Neal. Seth Curry, Watanabe. There's a lot of interesting pieces here. Um, a lot of these are probably not going to be part of any long-term Nets building project. You imagine Patty Mills will be gone. Uh, 
at some point in the near future. Seth Curry probably won't fit their timeline either. Um, Royce O'Neal could stay there for a little while. He's fairly young himself. He might just be a piece that you know stays with the team. Um, but they've got some young talent that could, you know, flourish in a new opportunity. Uh, especially Bridges and Johnson, of course, they were always going to be tertiary guys, supporting guys to Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, DeAndre Ayton. They were the second, you know, the afterthoughts of that core. Now they have a chance to be starters and stars, especially this season. It'll be interesting to see if they can flourish. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, what he looks like as now the uh, veteran leader of sorts of this squad. Nick Claxton shown some bright spots. Joe Harris still productive, but he's getting a bit older too. Maybe he's a PC move. And uh, again, I think they've gotten draft picks back, which is something important. I don't know a lot of the specifics of their draft. Uh, oh, here we go. Draft rights. Let's see if we can pull that up. Um, that's not what I thought it would be. This is, you know, players drafted that were international players and they haven't uh, come over, uh, come over yet, but regardless, they've got, you know, a lot of young talent. And I think they've brought a back a lot of dra- draft picks that they had previously given up to acquire some of that star talent. So uh, for the Nets, it's probably a much more simple equation as far as uh, it's rebuilding time. It's, you know, finding a new team direction and seeing what the younger uh, younger talent can do on this squad. That's probably the main thing. And then figuring out a team identity along with that. Um, you know, the Nets have had mixed efforts as far as drawing crowds and getting that fan support. At times they've had pretty good teams and they just don't really get a lot of fan interest. Sometimes during the you know Durant Irving era, they had really good crowds. And especially in the playoffs, there was a lot of interest, of course. But um, I think they kind of need a, an identity for that net squad. And of course, developing that talent along with it. Um, so there's potential. I think there's a lot to like, especially as a Nets fan, of course, you're devastated that um, those pairings of those stars didn't work out the way that anyone would have hoped. Um, now you're in the aftermath of that, but you've got potential for this thing to turn around uh, fairly quickly. You know, Bridges and Johnson have been in the league already a little while. They're still fairly young, but they've proven themselves, and now they just have bigger opportunities. If they can, you know, <clears throat> take another step, then you've already got some nice young pieces. You've got draft capital. Uh, you could build this thing quickly, especially in the East, uh, you know, 6 through 15 down. You could build this very quickly back into a respectable playoff-type team and a team with young talent that's growing. So I think you're in a good spot as a Nets fan and as an organization. Um, it's just more, it's delayed. It's in the future. It's not going to be, we're contending right now. It's we're building for the future. So that's kind of the outlook for the team. Not bad. I'd be excited as a Nets fan, but you know, it'll take a little bit of time. So you just need to have some, some patience there. Um, as far as our historic team, I mentioned the ABA for this one. I definitely want to go back to the 76 New York Nets. Um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets history um, is interesting. We can put it that way. Um, in the ABA, during those three years that they had Dr. J, they were maybe the best team in the in the ABA. They lose Dr. J when they join the NBA. Um, in the mid-80s, they were a consistent and solid playoff squad. Not stellar, but very good. Um, made it in the early 90s and then unfortunately lost uh, Drazen Petrovic. That was a tragedy. Um, 
in the early 2000s. They made the, the finals twice. They were, you know, early to mid 2000s was their their high point as the New Jersey Nets, their highest point in the NBA. Um, made the playoffs a little bit once they they moved to Brooklyn. You know, so it's there's a lot of losing history with the Nets, but a lot of winning history too. Um, overall, their winning percentage is below 500. But yeah, we got to talk about the the ABA years and their two ABA championships. Um, so in the 1976, 55 and 29, the ABA played 84 games in the regular season instead of 82. Uh, 55, 29, second in the ABA overall. Um, that last season is an interesting one in general for the ABA. They were losing teams during the season. It was the last season of the ABA's existence. Two teams folded during the season, uh, the San Diego Sales and the Utah Stars. The Baltimore Claws folded before the season even began, and they were the newly – that was like the fifth name in a, a year for the same franchise that was formerly the the Memphis Tams, the Memphis Pros. So there was it was clear that this was probably going to be the last season of the ABA. Um, like the All-Star game, they had – one team was All-Stars, the other team was the Nuggets, who had the best record. It was an odd season all around. Two different dispersal drafts after two teams folded to send those players to other teams. Um, but, you know, this team was was just a very good team, <clears throat> you know, despite all that noise. They lost. They, they won, rather, two close playoff series versus the ABA semifinals because I think they had a, a bye the way they made that playoff structure work. Won the semifinals four to three, very close versus the San Antonio Spurs, and then they won the ABA Finals four to two versus the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets were that season's best team. They were sixty and twenty four, coached by Larry Brown. They had uh, Dan Issel, David Thompson, Bobby Jones. You know they had a, a great squad, um, but the Nets had a, a great squad themselves. Doctor J, of course, the chief among them. You look at Doctor J's stats. 29 points per game, 11 rebounds, five assists, two and a half steals, two blocks. Those are absurd numbers. He, he They had the three-point line, of course, in the ABA. He shot 33% from three, not really a three-point shooter, and that he didn't need to be because he was so stellar at everything else. Um, alongside him, Brian Taylor, one of the best point guards in the ABA, veteran point guard present presence a defensive specialist uh could distribute the ball a little bit too nice point guard for them you have super john williamson alongside uh alongside him both those guys average about 16 points per game this season uh super john is just a little bit more of a scorer specific you know that secondary score to dr j uh and then rich jones is the uh the power forward just a, a solid he was a former all-star in the ABA, and then just a nice uh, veteran power forward presence, solid alongside uh, Dr. J and uh, their starting center. Kim Hughes was the starting center. Uh, nine rebounds a game, about a steal and a block per game, just a solid presence. Again, uh, he was an, uh, he was on the all-rookie team. This is his rookie season. Um, Al Skinner coming off the bench. And then again, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton of these names uh, in, the, in the depth for them. I know Bill Melchioni because he was a – former all-star, all-ABA guy for the Nets in the early 70s. Uh, as it went on, he became a bench player and a veteran leader for this championship squad. Um, and yeah, it just, of course, Dr. J 
leading the charge. He averaged 30, nearly 35 points per game in the playoffs. Just stepped that up even further. Super John Williamson, 22 points per game in the playoffs. Uh, Rich Jones stepped up his scoring to to help out a little bit. Um, and uh, the, again, they go on to win the championship, and that's just uh, a great team. You know, I just felt like we needed to give them some some props as far as that championship. Uh, a side note, as far as an interesting story, apparently the this championship team, the '76 Net Squad, never received their championship trophy. Uh, because it was stolen from a, a car. I, I don't know the specifics, but that, that trophy has been lost to time. Uh, and, you know, it's hard to think of a more perfect ending for the ABA than to have the trophy lost <laughs> for for the last champions in the, in the league's history. But, yeah, great team. Dr. J, those were his best playing years were in the ABA or his best statistical years. Uh, and so definitely got to recognize that. Um, as far as our historic notable player, I decided to go with Buck Williams. Um, we talk about the Nets post ABA years being a bit thin, uh, for the first few years, especially it was, a they had a tough goal of things. Um, their first, uh, their first two years being in the NBA, one of them as the New York Nets, then the very next year moving to New Jersey to become the New Jersey Nets. Uh, they were a combined like 27 or two, seven something win percentage uh, bottom of the, of their division. It was a poor, you know, poor time for them uh, joining the joining the NBA. They made the playoffs. They slipped into the playoffs in 79. Then they fell back to what they were used to. Um, they draft Buck Williams in 81 and from 81 to 86, they made the playoffs consistently. He wasn't the sole leader of that, but he was consistently the one of the top players for them. He was an all-star in his rookie year. He was a three-time all-star altogether. Uh, and the very next season, his sophomore season, he was all-NBA. Uh, in his rookie year, he was all-rookie. All He was a rookie of the year. Overall, he was a four-time all-defensive member. <clears throat> I don't think all those came with New Jersey, but uh, – most of them probably did. He played in total seven or eight seasons, excuse me, eight seasons with the New Jersey Nets. And he was a perfect power forward, especially for that era. Uh, in his best years, averaging about, you know, 17 points a game and 12 rebounds. Great rebounding presence. One of the best rebounders of the 80s. I think that'd be very safe to say. Uh, defensively, of course. The defensive numbers don't always wow you here, but he was consistently averaging uh, at least a steal and a block per game, always active defensively, versatile defensively. Uh, you know, 6'8, 215, good size, but an athletic player. He could, you know, switch probably and, and do a lot of those types of things. Um, so, yeah, great player all around. He's, um, of course, probably a little bit better known for his later years of his career in Portland. He was with those Portland Trailblazers squads. He was part of the the Sam Bowie trade uh, that brought Sam Bowie to New Jersey, where he was a, a underrated, decent starting center. But with Buck Williams in Portland, he became a, a missing piece for that squad that made it to a couple of finals appearances, a uh, consistent contender in the Western Conference, especially during the early 90s. Um, so he was a great contributor in the NBA for a, a long stretch finished his career with a couple of seasons um, playing some games for the, for the Knicks uh, low minutes, not 
you know, just more of a, a bench depth piece, uh, veteran presence of, of sorts. But yeah, great career in the NBA, uh, super valuable for the Nets. Um, one of the best power forwards of that era. Um, contributor on a championship contender with the Trailblazers, uh, you know, playing with the Knicks a little bit. Yeah, just a great all-around career. Wanted to recognize uh, him and what he was able to do in the NBA. Uh, one of those solid presences similar to on that Mavericks franchise focus. We talk about Rolando Blackman, you know, just a solid contributor on, you know, competitive teams, less the Nets, less competitive than the Mavericks, but competitive teams, and then they get kind of forgotten because they're not, they're not really showy. They're not uh, braggadocious or they're not really, they don't have a flashy game. They're just solid contributors. So uh, that's why I wanted to highlight Buck Williams. But with that, that takes care of our uh, franchise focus for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening again for this bonus episode. Um, we'll be back either with another bonus episode or uh, next time you listen to us, we'll, it'll be that or it'll be our normal uh, weekly programming. So thanks again, and we'll be back with you soon.